Listeners, thank you so much for joining the Royal Roads Rebels for our podcast today. Our group members are myself, Megan, Jesus, Sarah, Samantha, and Matthew, and we all thank you so much for being here and giving this podcast a listen today. This podcast will discuss the horrific Chibok kidnapping where 276 girls aged 16 to 18 were kidnapped by terrorist group Boko Haram in Chibok, Nigeria. Specifically, we will analyze this kidnapping through Saeed and Huntington's stances as to how and why human conflicts evolve and emerge. We side with Huntington, who believes much of human conflict evolves from cultural disputes and misunderstanding. Samantha has the relevant background information you need to know regarding the kidnapping that took place on the night of August 14th to August 15th, 2014. The Chibok schoolgirls kidnapping consisted of 276 mostly Christian females between the age of 16 and 18. This was orchestrated by the Islamic terrorist group Boko Haram, who were at the time were mainly active in northeastern Nigeria, Chad, and northern Cameroon. The main goal of this group was to purify Islam and to destroy Western views perceived as sinful. They particularly targeted Western education. They killed tens of thousands of people, displaced millions from their homes, and contributed to regional food crises and famine. Previous to this incident on February 2014, 59 schoolboys were killed when a gunman attacked their school and then lit the building on fire. This was a previous indication to the work that Boko Haram was doing in the area. During the kidnapping of the 276 girls in the Chibok area, 57 girls escaped by jumping out of the trucks, and of the remaining 219 girls, six died. Some were found between 2014 and 2016. Negotiations were also made for the return of some of the girls. In 2021, over 100 girls still remained missing. At the end of July 2022, three girls were returned. In 2019, the president of Nigeria, Muhammadu Buhari, claimed that Boko Haram had been defeated, but Amnesty International stated that thousands of girls had been abducted and were still missing and had likely been used for sexual slavery and trading in order to raise funds for the group. Security Tracker in Nigeria still does weekly updates, including activities of Boko Haram. If the group is no longer active, there would be no need to continue to track the activities of the group, including up until July 29th of 2022. As I round this out, I ask, what are your thoughts on the three missing women found last week and what more could be done to assist the 100 still missing girls? So I think um, the government has been making efforts into saving some of the girls as well as Boko Haram did release some of the girls in exchange for war criminals. 
In specific, for efforts that need to be made, women's safety groups need to be established for the victims and more location efforts need to be made until all the women are home. The social media campaigns and hashtags that we have seen are not enough and much more needs to be done on the front to rescue these women. So I just wanted to say thank you, Samantha, for that. That was really helpful when it comes to understanding the background information of this horrific event. Now that we have discussed some of the history of this horrific kidnapping, we can delve into hunt. Now that we have discussed some of the history of this horrific kidnapping, we can delve into Huntington and Saeed's stance as to how conflicts emerged with Jesus. Thanks, Megan. So uh, to start off with Huntington, he basically said that borders between civilizations are potential fronts of conflict. So in this sense, he tries to highlight uh, a fracture line between Eastern and Western territories. And he emphasizes uh, what is to him, according to him, some violent relations that uh, have taken place in the border between these two and different territories. And he talks about the inability of uh, the population of the territories in conflict to just accept this kind of democracy and a different economic uh, system. So broadly speaking, Huntington thinks that we are heading towards a multipolar world where these causes of conflict will be cultural and religious and not of an ideological nature. So the differences, according to Huntington, between civilizations are basic. They not only have to do with the differences in history, culture, language, and religion, uh, but it has to be said that the main uh, difference between civilization has to do with uh, how they conceive uh, certain types of relationships. These relationships being uh, the relationship uh, between man and God, between state and society, and the different ideas that these societies have about what freedom and equity are. So depending on the civilization, these questions are approached in, uh, well, different ways that are usually very, very different ways. So there's when the conflict is, uh, as there is more interaction between countries, thanks to globalization, civilizations uh, become aware of uh, their differences and characteristics. So societies cling to local and religious issues. And once they start uh, feeling threatened, uh, it's when these conflicts start rising. So to finish Huntington, uh, you know, he talks about this uh, economic regionalism phenomenon that is produced uh, when foreign people start coming to another territory and they start taking over their economic system. So now to move a little bit along with Said, he investigates the extent to which uh, certain representations of Eastern cult cultures uh, were constructed and were uh, disseminated in the West and how they were then used as ideological tools to justify Western control and domination of Eastern peoples and cultures. So side notes that most of Huntington's arguments consists of a big notion of something Huntington calls a civilizational identity and the interactions between seven or eight great civilizations uh, with particular emphasis on two of them, the Islam and uh, the West. So Said suggests that instead of uh, the grand theory of the clash of civilizations, it would be better to think about the existence of a powerful, uh, you know, Said suggests uh, that instead of uh, the grand theory of clash of civilizations, it would be better to think about the existence of uh, powerful and powerless communities. Uh, 
than to wander in uh, the search of uh, maybe broad abstractions that may offer momentary satisfaction, but leave little room to introspection and informed analysis. So what is needed, in his opinion, is uh, some methods that facilitate the critical analysis of the relationships uh, between uh, the interdependence of our time and not theories that uh, invite people to accept or adopt conflicting modes of investigation and action. And uh, well, I think with uh, that information, we can move along on one we chose our stance with Sarah. Thanks, Jesus. That was a great explanation on the two different arguments. It really helps further identify why we chose to support Huntington's stance. Huntington takes quite a strong and direct approach on the reasons as to why clashes, wars, or any sort of conflicts between civilizations happen. His main argument is that while historically it had been for economical and power-hungry reasons, more recently, differences in cultures is the main reason. What he especially emphasizes is religion. The reason we chose to agree with this is because simply the Chibok school kidnapping incidents completely revolved around religion. The Boko Haram is an Islamic group, and the majority of the girls kidnapped are in fact Christian. So there is the clear fault line and separation in religion here, a sort of motivator for the entire act of kidnapping. This, this is all despite shared culture and ethnicity. Huntington says that even more than ethnicity, religion discriminates sharply and exclusively among people. And this is what we're witnessing here, a conflict and stories of abduction, rape, and killing inflicted by Nigerians on other Nigerians. It's true that religion in this case separates them. The Boko Haram's actions in Nigeria are also a strong attempt at discarding Western influence within the culture and to impose and force radical Islamic ideologies upon the people through Sharia law. They are especially against the modern and westernized way of education, which they believe would erase the teachings of Islam. This fact proves Huntington's argument further and allows us to agree with his special emphasis on the West being at a constant clash with Islam. It's only one of the many examples. Thanks so much for that, Sarah. Um... So I wanted to ask you a question specifically. Do you think that the main issue for Boko Haram here is the clash with Christianity itself? Or do you think that it is that Christianity is tied to Western ideologies? Well, as I, as I mentioned, Huntington really believes that religion is the ultimate and big divider. I do agree on this and the kidnapping of the schoolgirls is a perfect example of that. However, I believe that while the Boko Haram and the and many other terrorist groups are driven by radical Islam the same way the KKK was driven by radical Christianity. Their main fight is against the West, the same way the KKK's fight was against the East or people of color. To the Boko Haram and terrorist groups similar to them, Christianity embodies Western ideas. It's not a secret that Western countries are mainly Christian. According to the census of American religion, 70% of Americans identified as Christians in the years between 2014 and 2020. It's also clear that much of Europe is Christian. Some of the most prominent Christian leaders are European, such as Pope, uh, Pope Francis or historically Mother Teresa, who herself made contributions to Africa. So I think it's safe to say that there is a direct and strong tie between Christianity and the West in the minds of Boko Haram members. Thank you so much for that. So there's a lot in there about division and what Saeed considered unedifying labels, terms um, like West and Islam. Said further argues that Huntington's stance is imperialistic and further divides people into cultural groups. 
Uh, I have a question that anybody can answer here. Why would you say that Saeed misunderstood Huntington's arguments? I think what Saeed really fails to understand is how prominent cultural differences really can be. Cultures can work and interact in so many different ways. And it's absolutely plausible that there could be conflicts emerging between cultures to cultural disagreements. For example, Boko Haram's efforts to purify Western education, which the Islamic-based terrorist group viewed as sinful, and not every girl at that school was Christian, a majority were, but it was the Western education that was a main focus of Boko Haram. Uh, okay, Samantha, so I think that's an interesting take, but uh, I don't know, I think maybe Said uh, did not misunderstand. Uh, what I think Said is trying to do, it's just basically disagreeing with Huntington's stance. I think Huntington, it's like the easy way out. He's, he tries to maybe set differences. Uh, he says, like, conflicts will be cultural and religious and not ideology. Yeah, ideological. But uh, Said just proposes a different framework where uh, religion is not like maybe a, you know, a point of conflict. Uh, but you have to take into consideration other factors, uh, which are just maybe other powerful communities that may have influence over some other territories. So, yeah, I think that's it. Well, I don't know if there's uh, anything else, but thanks so much. I think we can for conclusions. Okay, so on that note, I would like to thank everybody for their input so far. So now to move forward and conclude, let us recap about what happened to the girls who were kidnapped and perhaps what needs to change moving forward according to Huntington. So in April 2021, it was reported that over 100 of the girls that were kidnapped by Boko Haram still remain missing. And those that were kidnapped had to unwillingly take part in acts such as being forced to convert to Islam, as well as forced marriages and severe mental abuse from having to endure forced labor and even rape. So now in terms of what needs to change, Huntington states that modern day conflict occurs within the cultural fault lines that separate different civilizations. For that reason, it may be difficult to find a definitive solution moving forward. One does not simply ask civilizations to change their culture for the sake of avoiding conflict, and Huntington was an individual who believed that conflicts would happen between cultures. To conclude, we think that Huntington is correct and that the majority of conflicts do emerge from cultural differences, and despite what Saeed believed were limiting labels, we think that clearly labeling the different sides of the clashes is a realistic and important way to define and classify the issues at hand. When Huntington referred to Islam or the West, he was not limiting the people that belonged to these groups to a specific outlook or ideology, but rather he was identifying what a specific set of people, in this case Bohoko Haram, believed in. And that's all we have for you today. Uh, I would like to thank Sarah, Jesus, Samantha, and Matt for this illuminating discussion. Please direct any comments or questions you have below in the Padlet form, and thanks so much for listening, and have a wonderful day.